Welcome to Fruiting Body Podcast with your host, Brendan. Now, we've missed a week, but we have a legend returning. First time on my podcast, but he recorded one of his podcasts, his first one in this studio. This is Gaujo. Now, this podcast is for anyone out there that wants, you know, maybe you're living in Brazil and you want to hear the first hand experience from a Brazilian living in Thailand. Why do they go to Co-PP? Why are all the Brazilians there? We're going to find out why, but more importantly, the lifestyle. What do you got to do as a Brazilian to live in Thailand? Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the yellow fever cards, um, maybe some paperwork, visa stuff. And if you don't speak English, we're probably going to find out you're pretty much out of luck if you're trying to do work here. However, there is that whole digital nomad world. So this is that the point of this podcast. If that's what you're interested in, this is for you. Now, who are we? Fruiting Body Podcast. We are fruiting body mushrooms. We're doing medicinal mushroom supplements. Lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps, the best in the world. Um, you can find us all on Lazada. Links in the description. And if you're on Instagram, links in the bio. Uh, yep, don't forget, like, subscribe, hit the bell, do all that fun stuff. And without further ado, let's get this podcast started. All right, Gaujo, thank you for joining. How are you, my friend? Yeah, it's it's been a, a, a while. I mean... We probably first started talking around my episode 12, 15, 20, I don't know. Yeah. And you went and started your own podcast as well. We're going to get into that, but not quite yet. Let's start with your life story. Tell us a little bit about where are you from in Brazil and what brought you to Phuket? Nice. Brendan, I first would like to start saying thank you very much for having me here, you know, and also thank you very much for allowing me to use your studio to record my first episode. You know, it was amazing. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. So I come from Brazil. I come from Belo Horizonte, you know, in Brazil, Minas Gerais is my state. Uh, and then I came from there to the world. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> thank you. And how did you decide on Thailand? I know... We obviously, we know each other quite well, and yeah. you lived in the Gold Coast. You've lived around the world. But how did Thailand become your home destination for what, the past five years now? Yeah, the past four years, yes. Four years. Yeah, I, I was in Australia studying there, studying to become an English teacher as a second language. And then Guy, my friend that you also know, uh, Guy told me, Gaudio, come here, man. We love this place. This place is amazing. And then I said, oh, okay, nice. I'll have a go and... You know, since I came, everything changed in my life, Brendan. So um, I feel very blessed and happy to be here, to live this life here in Thailand. Amazing country, as you know. Yeah, well, most Brazilians, they start off traveling as a tourist. Was that your first intention? And then what led to you actually securing work here? Well, that's the thing. For me, I came here already with the intention of staying and working as an English teacher as a second language. Like, I was seeking for this opportunity. And to start it here was, um, let's say, not, not easier, but... Much easier than starting in Australia where I was or going back to Brazil. I didn't want to go back to live there. So I always wanted to live around the world and doing, like having my life around the world there. Yeah? So I said, no, Thailand then is, a, is a, maybe my first des destination to start this new career. What was the, the intention to be the English teacher working here or was it more you wanted to just be able to live in Thailand and still be able to make income? Well, actually, Brendan, I was looking for, let's say, uh, a career, you know, like an encounter in terms of, like a personal encounter, a professional encounter, you know. And I, I realized that uh, as a Brazilian Portuguese speaker, yes, if I want to live abroad and live around the world, uh, working as an English teacher would be amazing because I could also improve my English, work on my English, have an income, and have the opportunity to deal with local people as well, you know, and, and contributing uh, with their lives too, you know. So that's that's the reason, actually. And now, obviously, the English teacher job is not the end goal. You're, you've got your podcast going. You're going to be doing vlogging. Yeah. What's the big picture for you? Well, for me, I see myself now uh, traveling around the world, podcasting, talking about Brazilian, sharing Brazilian people lives you know like uh, brazilian people are doing great job around the world you know like and for us in brazil we are used to only the bad news about brazil yes here abroad and also when you are there like brazilian people that get uh, got caught uh doing something you know and this and that so my intention with my show is to be able to share that there are a lot of brazilian people around doing a great job contributing with the local communities where they are uh and my goal is to be able to travel around the world podcasting oh, with Brazilian people. We'll fix people, the mic you know? one sec. Yeah, just yes. uh, I should put a. I need to get a weight there. You just grab the bottom, yeah. pull it up. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's no. I think there's only like a book in there. Bring it nice and tight. We'll fix that up. Yeah. 
There we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that that's the goal, man. Be able to travel around the world talking to Brazilian people and show that uh, there are lots of Brazilian people doing an amazing job around the world. Yeah, and there's a lot of Brazilians in Thailand, but specifically, there's not so many in Phuket as tourists. I mean, there are, but most of them just take off the co-PP. What, what's yeah. the story behind that? <laughs> why? Why? Well, I think they come here as a tourist, yes. As tourists, they come here to have fun, to enjoy this beautiful country, yes. And co-PP is one of, let's say, the best places for tourism, yes. So they come, they go there for the parties, they go there to the, the beautiful paradise that PP is, yes. Uh, so they just pass through Phuket to get there. I think, I believe that this is the case, you know, having fun, having mm -hmm. fun. You know what? We, we love having fun, yeah? So this is the, I think in this case, this is the key. They go to Kopipi to have fun. Yeah, he's Kopipi. They're doing the islands, Copenhagen. Yes. And uh, I'm assuming, you know, these are the best destinations for them. But Brazil's a beautiful country yeah. as well. Obviously, now I'm from Canada, so when we get anywhere outside and there's a beach, everything's more beautiful than Canada. <laughs> but for Brazilians, when you come here, I mean, you have those islands in the north, north outside of Salvador. It's very comparable to Thailand in terms yes. of the, the, the environment and the scenery. So when you're a Brazilian coming to Thailand, are you that stunned? I think so, because it's, it's different. Thailand is completely different in terms of, even though it's an island, uh, the sea... And the beautiful nature is a tropical country as, as we are as well. But there's something, you know, very special here. Is the, the, the landscape is a little bit different, you know. Like when you see those reefs and, and you know, the, the, the color of the ocean. And also the vibe, you know, the, the, the atmosphere is completely different. And for us that you are in Brazil, you know, we are used to that. So when you go abroad, everything is different. And the parties, they love being there because of the parties as well. Many Brazilians, when they're traveling abroad, um, especially as yourself being a Brazilian, you know, in Brazil, you, you need to be quite aware of your surroundings. Yeah. You're not wearing a watch. You're not yeah. wearing a chain. You're not walking around in your cell phone in Rio. How does that translate coming into Thailand? Do those radars drop off immediately or does it take time? I think it takes time. To, I can tell you, like, by my own experience, like, it took a little while, but just a little while, you know, like... In England, in Australia, and here as well. He is different because here you feel completely safe, yes? You drop your guard. Yes. And the, but the problem is when you go back to Brazil because it takes a while to, oh, now I'm not that free again, so I need to understand that I need to be always aware, and it doesn't come like immediately like that. So uh, it's amazing to come and feel this here, and then when you go there, you feel a little bit sad that, why this beautiful place as well and you cannot have the same kind of feeling because there's also like not just the physical concern but the emotional and psychological concern as well if you see because you are always alert yes you're always on that fight or fight or flight instinct exactly. always in brazil so this is not good and then when you come here we relax is it like that in every city or is like rio worse than belo Horizonte? well of course of course you have different levels yes rio is a different and special level of uh, of it, but Belo Horizonte as well, especially the big cities in general, you need to be more aware. And of course, Brandon, many people, they think that this happens in everywhere. And of course not. You have specific areas of each city where you need to be more aware or less. You can even relax, get your phone and, and check sometimes, you know. Even at night, you can come back walking back home. It's not that in everywhere. But you need to be aware in everywhere. This, yes, Have for you sure. ever had like a, a serious issue in Brazil with someone trying to steal from you, rob from you? Most Brazilians will tell you in an encounter. Yes, I had it in my south of Bahia where I have like my family. We, we go there every year for holidays. And one night, uh, two guys came inside of the house and took me and with guns and made me open the house uh, where my family was. You no, know, my family was inside, my mom, my stepdad, my sisters. So we had to open the house because I was sleeping outside in another room. So I had to open the house for them and they came inside, they put us in a sofa, like we are here now, like sitting one next to the other, two guns pointed to us and they went, they, they took a lot of things. After two hours, two and a half, they left. Uh, it was a very, you know, very traumatic, let's say, experience because then you have, your, you see your life in someone else's hand, you know, and you don't know what they, they, they want, they pretend with you there, you know. 
So you are just or the intent. Yes. They, they, but they don't usually end up shooting. They're just there to steal and kind of take off. Well, it happens as well, man, because sometimes they come. Of course, they are they are worried as well because they know that they are doing some shit. Yes. So they are worried about getting caught, this and that. So they are in this very stressed mode. So if you react or if you try sometimes because of one real or one dollar, I don't know, because one cell phone, you lose your life. I don't know. Give it to me. And then boom. It happens a lot. Uh and every new day, it's being more like that. You know, the violence gets, uh, the level of violence gets higher, higher, and higher, unfortunately. Why is this happening so much in Brazil? Is it the poverty, the economics, the political structure? I mean, it seems every Brazilian I've ever talked to has that story. Yeah. I think, Brendan, it's all that you said together and a little bit more, you know, like... Uh, you, you, if you see, uh, of course, the social difference, it impacts a lot, yes. Uh, but I think the biggest cause is education, you know. We, unfortunately, our system doesn't, doesn't assist every poor person that you have in Brazil. Uh, and sometimes they grew up in a very hard reality where stealing, uh, selling drugs and fighting for that and then is, is, is what they grew up watching in their in their life so they reproduce it later on you know and also many people there the drug dealers and they get these young guys 12 13 14 years old but very strong already and then they get them to work for them because if they do some shit uh, the law in brazil like you need to be over 18 to go so they put the, the, the punishment for the punishment for who is under 18 is much lighter than for is over 18 so they they use these as use well them to, to do their dirty yes, work exactly well. it's 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 crazy man it's hard you know but you also have amazing things there beautiful people beautiful places to go and nice things to do you know this is also something that i always like to point out you know because otherwise people think that brazil is like oh you cannot go you just need to be aware all the time no uh, as i said even in rio you know you have specific areas that if, of course, if you are there as a tourist and you don't know, speak the language, you don't know where to go, it's better to, do, uh, to go around with a local person uh, and do everything. You have even tours for the favelas, for do the, the, the samba schools, you know, that most of them, they are in the favelas or the poor communities. So they have tourism there, you know, foreigners that come to, to be part of it. But of course, you need to know who you are, in, who you are going with. Yeah, and it's probably well not even controlled by the government it's controlled by the people running that area yes what yes. about now these people that are, are are committing the crimes i'm assuming they're coming from those areas you should not go to yeah did you see any friends that you grew up with fall into that world yes the the the, the street that i grew up in brazil in a, is a very small city the name is tel flotoni so in minas gerais as well and in in my street there my neighborhood you had people from all different kinds of reality you know like you have from very poor reality to the richest one in the city so i had some friends that unfortunately on the way they got lost uh, one was killed by the police you know another one became my a prosecutor uh, we have the police we have the you know we have the bad guys we have the good guys uh, so i had a friend uh, he was killed by the police because they st he started they went to the bad side of the thing He's doing criminal activity. Yes. yes. Now, I mean, Thailand, I don't know if they're as, as poor as Brazil, but there's definitely parts in Bangkok that um, are, are areas you wouldn't go to as well, and people are growing up, you know, almost on borderline poverty. However, you don't see it as rampant as you would in Brazil. What are your thoughts on that? Why doesn't it exist? Why isn't it more, you know, prevalent in Thailand, as it's so, you know, um, it's everywhere in Brazil, again, in these areas. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Because they are still third world countries, Brazil and Thailand. But Thailand, you don't see it as much. I think here is also related to the religion, maybe, uh, Buddhism. They say that more than 95% of the population here uh, is Buddhist, yeah? So I think, or cultural as well, you know, because they are not a violent uh culture in general you know in brazil our poor reality that like sometimes you grow up in a family that you see your dad hitting your mom or yourself because they they are drunk and the violence is there you know so you grow up with this inside of you sometimes i don't know if this is the reason or not 
but I believe so. I've seen some, I've, you know, that guy uh, uh, from Formula One, uh, Benny Eccleston, yes, the English guy. His wife is Brazilian. And um, in Sao Paulo a few years ago, they tried to, to steal, I think it was Jason Button or somewhere, someone else. Uh, and he said, man, we don't need to be worried about that because in London, in Ox 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 Oxford Circus there, uh, people still everything from you uh, all the time but i think there we don't have this level of violence they will not they will not come to you give me your bag otherwise i'm gonna i'm gonna kill you in brazil it happens and as in other countries you know uh but there this is the kind of thing like they don't want to just uh sometimes if if they have to kill you or to hurt you to to get something from you they do of course it's not in everywhere or everybody but it happens as well so the level of violence there is a little bit different you know That's why people say, ah, it happens in Europe as well. It is. Ah, in Canada, in America. But I don't think it's the same, the same level of, mm -hmm. of violence. Or well, well, let's transition to a lighter note, because if anyone's watching, we're going to be talking, um, you know, as a Brazilian trying to move to Thailand, what are your options? And maybe some of those, you know, do's and don'ts and things, hidden nuggets they might not be aware of that can help them with that transition. Um, before that, we'll do a quick shout out to our sponsor of this podcast. They're making the production for this all happen on a week-to-week -week basis. It is Five Star Marine. You can find them on Instagram at Five Star Marine Phuket. They are a VIP speedboat, speedboat tour. Um, now, their advantage is they're going to allow you to kind of dictate your own tour so you're not stuck with the Chinese tourists and, you know, you're on an island trying to take pictures. They're going to allow you to go to those places that you want to go. Um, big shout-out to Sean Stenning for uh, helping set that all up. So, really, go check out Five Star Marine, especially if you're near Phuket. Um, I think they're actually number one uh, or number two even on TripAdvisor for things to do in all of Thailand. And an absolute amazing company and the charity work they're doing is, is even better. I guess we're charity work as well. Um, so <laughs> big shout out to Five Star Marine. Check them out. Link in the description and on Instagram at Five Star Marine Phuket. Um, okay, so let's get back to the transition of a Brazilian living in Brazil that might be watching this and they're, oh, fuck. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> we love those words, yeah, you know. They're saying, "Ah, Gaucho, like that, that's a life I might want to live." They could be just getting out of university. Maybe they want to come here and teach English. Sitting down with someone, as you probably have done when you go back home, and they're asking you, "How do I do it?" What are some steps you could walk us through on getting a Brazilian from living in Brazil to transitioning and having a life in Thailand? Well. In Thailand, most of Brazilians that are here, not the tourists, not the tourists, they are here as uh, Muay Thai fighters or footballers, a few English teachers as well. Uh, I think that the good thing is, as soon as you arrive here as a tourist, you have three months to stay, yes? So then you have time to, you know, understand what goes on. But and then three months goes fast. Fast, very fast. So you need to be, yeah. you know? But you need to, as you talked before, you need to, To, to have your yellow fever uh, vaccine. So, yes. Uh, before it was valid for 10 years. Now I think it's one lifetime dose. You know, you need to get it uh, to come. Otherwise, you cannot even leave Brazil to come to Thailand, yes? Uh, but if you want to work as an English teacher, you, of course, you need to have a good English. You need to have a, a TEFL certificate with, or, or a TESOL certificate. Those certificates that... Uh, allow you to teach English as a second language, uh, a degree, a university degree in any kind of area as well, you know, and then just go there, knock at the doors and sell yourself, you know, and, and go for this. It's not an easy experience, but it's an amazing experience, you know. So maybe showing up to Thailand already with your proper documentation, certificates for TEFL, maybe your university degree. Yes. Show, show up here. Would you recommend showing up maybe as a tourist first? Yeah. And then maybe trying to find out where you would like to live in Thailand and knocking on these doors. The opportunity, is it easy or difficult? Well, I think it's not that difficult, but of course you need to be here to enjoy this because it's uh, we have a lot lot of people here looking for a job here, yeah. So if I'm from Brazil, as I did, for example, I did my first my first uh, interview. I was in Brazil when I did with the same school that I worked like one or two years later, you know. But if you are there, they will not hire you from there, you know. You need to be here to find this job. Uh, it's it's not that hard. Once you are qualified, you bring your translations, your uh, criminal records, yes, uh, university degree and everything. Uh, 
as I said, you come here, you arrange your interview, you can go to some website, like you have a JARN, that is good for the teachers, yes, uh, to look for a job. And then you sell yourself and try to to get the opportunity. Yeah, and hopefully, well, yeah, again, that's as a Brazilian, you, you still need to have proper English to be able to get those positions. Yes, and I can tell you from my own experience, Brendan, was the best experience in my life. Uh, for me, it was a completely... Uh, turning point to my life but I said I, I can't say it was not easy I was still I, as I am still working on my English so I was at that time I had to, to work even more you know so it was like a, at the same time that I was preparing to teach I was learning as well so man it was every day when I come with my my scoot and turn the, the corner and see the, the the gate of the school you know and then I started like feeling that oh it's time to go, you know, it was not easy. It's not my language. So, and you see many kids there, some of them, they have a very good English because their parents are American or English or from other country. So they have very good English and you are they still dealing with your, maybe your accent and everything. So it was hard, but they embrace you, man. Once you, once you are there giving the best uh, of yourself, uh, the other teachers as well, the native speakers, they help you, you know, they embrace you. And then you can, if you face it, like, guys, look, I'm like you, you know, in Brazil, we don't speak English, we speak Portuguese. So my me English in Brazil, you know, uh, they connect, they understand that, okay, the difference here is I'm a little bit older than you, I have more time uh, in this language, I've been studying longer than you, so I can help you to improve your English. So I'm here to contribute with you. So just come. Let's have this relationship. is nice. Um, many Brazilians that are coming here, and a lot of people aren't aware because they assume Brazilian food is spicy, and it's not spicy at all. And <laughs> I, I think that comes from ignorance of uh, Mexican food because yeah. they think, well, anything south of U.S. border, it's spicy. Yeah. The reality is it's not. So you're coming here. Are you a spicy eater? Were you able to transition into this lunatic spicy Thai food? I'm not, man. I'm not at all. And I've learned that don't even try if you are not. Don't even try to say oh, a little bit spicy because it can it can it can be hard to deal with. You know, uh, I try a little bit, you know, but I'm not. Uh, in Brazil, northeast especially of Brazil, you have spicy food there and can be very very spicy, but in general not. And it's totally different than here. He's another level. He's another level. Yeah, the north. I guess northeast. Now you're getting closer to like Sur Suriname and like the, yes. the, the. It's it's more like this Caribbean food. Is yes. Coming up there. What type of? I know many Brazilians. They're going to be coming here and they're going to miss food from back home. Pancha queijo. <laughs> so coxinha. When when you're living here, it's not easy to find Brazilian ingredients. How do you cope yeah. with that? Well, for me. Uh, well, I'm very easy to, you know, like, uh, so I buy, buy, buy basically chicken almost every day, you know, salads and, and things like that. But that's why I think for us, it will not be hard to adapt because you have like lots of rice in the food. Yes, noodles as well. We have in Brazil with chicken or pork. So we eat it in Brazil normally, uh, salads as well. So I, I think for Brazilian people, it's not something hard to adapt. The food is not... It's not the hardest part, let's say, like that. And I think we'll love it because it's very rich as well, know the food here. And in Brazil as well, you have... Uh, I don't know how to say in English, but this rich flavor, you know, like the flavor of the ingredients, you feel it. In Brazil, we have it as well. I think this is... This is the the part of Thailand that most Brazilians, they love, you know. But you're not going to be getting, you know, this this... Brazilian steak no. you're n none of this even in Thailand you've got to go out of your way to find you know a supplier for that it yeah. doesn't exist yeah. is that something that it's like you know you're not even going to get that in Phuket there's no Brazilian restaurants here are, are no there? in Phuket I've never seen in Kopipi I think there's one but I'm not sure if they are still there after the uh, I don't know in Bangkok they have and they have even people that sell farofa, you know, those Brazilian things that you can you can eat with, like, barbecue, and uh, which is very common for us, the barbecue in Brazil. Now I know that in Macro they have picanha. Mm. So sometimes Nando and I, we go there and buy some. We have some. It's amazing. But it's not very normal to find, like, beans the way that we cook in Brazil. Our daily food, no, is, no, is in Phuket is different. Yeah. Fill, fill up your, you're filling up your suitcases when you're coming back, when you go yes, home and come back. Yes, There's no clothes, it's just no, food. No, yes, <laughs> only food. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, because 
there aren't going to be suppliers. You're not going to find it. Um, I want to chat a little bit about your podcast and your intention of building Numundo Numundo podcast. Yeah. Where did the name come from? What made you decide to even do this? Oh, this is an old dream, uh, Brendan. As when I went living in London, uh, I, I started. It was my first experience abroad. So all this, uh, those like I'm meeting foreign people, uh, foreign people, foreign people, and then uh, places that I saw on TV and I saw on the books, you know. And then I wanted to share that with my family, my friends there, and I saw how much it impacted my own life. So since then I said, hmm, I'd like to share these experiences with Brazilian people because some of them, they are them and they also dream about going abroad, but maybe they cannot because or they work a lot or they don't have money or they don't have the opportunity. So I, I, I always wanted to share uh, these experiences that you go through with them there. So... In 2017, I had this, no, I'm going to do this for me. But I was able only to start it in 2021. So it was nice uh, because I've been preparing this whole time to do that. The intention is No Mundão Podcast, yeah? We, the name means uh, the big world. Yes, in Brazil, we have a very affectionate way to, say, to speak about the world, which is big world, mundão. Uh, so for me, it was like, mm, nice, No Mundão around the big world. So the idea is, as I said before, podcasting with, uh, with Brazilian people around the world, show, uh, talking about their experiences. Why are they here? How do uh, these experiences impact their lives and their families? Um, how they uh, contribute with the local community where they are? And how this, go, this goes like... Um, affecting their lives and who is around, you know? And this is the idea. And man, it's amazing because I, I think you, you, you have the same feeling here. We learn so much. Every time you sit here to talk to someone, you learn so much, you see another kind of life. And I, for me, it's been, after teaching English in, in Thailand, it's been the most amazing experience in my life. You know, I've been learning so much, Brandon, with, from other people, yes, amazing. Well, you're speaking with a lot of Brazilians living on the island, um, especially because, again, most of them are doing Muay Thai or MMA. Is there a similar story that overlaps that they all share with you in terms of their experience in Thailand as a Brazilian that you're hearing over and over? And what is that? Well, th th this is the thing. You know, most of them, uh, as I said, uh, we are dreamers. And you come here to make these dreams come true. Yes. So I would basically say, because they ask me in a podcast in Brazil, what are the, the most common characteristics that we all guys, we, we all have, you know, and I, I've realized that we are, first of all, we, we, we are dreamers and you, you have the need to make these dreams come true. So we come looking for it and we do it. And of course, to have this, you need to have courage. You need to go for it, you know. And about the experiences, it's uh, like most of them is this island vibes, the paradise uh, that here is, it doesn't matter wherever you go or you are, you are next to a beautiful beach, you know, uh, having a freer life than you have in Brazil. Uh, some white Thai guys here or, you know, footballers in, island, in Thailand, we have many Brazilian footballers as well playing here. Uh, we see that we come from, uh, in Brazil, the reality is very like this. You are poor and you are rich or we are together all the time. We don't feel that difference, you know. Here is, of course, you kind of go like interacting. Mm. And here, it doesn't matter if you come from a poor reality or, or a rich reality there. We have a free life. We, we are free to... So I think these ex same experiences, you know, like being around the beach, being free, being able to go to Kopipi and have a nice life there, which is cheaper than in Brazil. In Brazil, you cannot get a boat and go to Kopipi uh, paying uh, 600 baht. It's expensive there to have a nice experience there. If you want to visit some nice island, man, you need to be rich. Yeah, Brazil is it's not as cheap as people no. think. It's quite expensive as yes. well. I was listening to a podcast with a shout out to my friend doing the Honey Honey Badger Hour and Fabrizio Andrade was on the podcast and it's funny that you say Brazilians dream big. And he he actually had a, a quote that was very interesting to me. He said sometimes you need to be delusional on your dreams. Now, that's not verbatim, but the the gist behind that was sometimes you need such a crazy dream and it's just so far away and so big. And 
your peers around you will think, yeah, you'll never get there. But you need that for yourself to have that motivation. Yeah. What's your delusional dream? Oh, <laughs> man, this is an amazing question. It's hard to answer. Uh, Brandon, honestly, man, I dream of being able to uh, meet these people, you know, and be able to talk to them and show Brazilian people there in Brazil that they can. Because look what Fabricio has done. Fabricio is the world champion now. And I don't know much about his life, but I think he comes from a, a hard reality there in Brazil too. And I'm, I'm not sure. And he's a fighter, literally a fighter. You know, and he's here doing great uh, and could can help his family. Most of them that I talk, they say, man, from what I've got here fighting daily, I can help my family. I can help my, my daughter, my, my, my son, my, my family, my mother. So my delusional goal, uh, dream maybe is to show people that in Brazil, man, if you have this dream, don't give up. Fight for it. Work hard for it. Because it's possible. It's possible. You can change your reality. You can help other people through your own experience as well. Don't give up. Go for it. And this is what I've been doing, Brendan. I've been fighting so hard for making this happen, you know. And and I feel so happy to see that one guy that I come, come to the podcast and through his experience that I'm able th with my work to show, connect to people that are there and help them to fight for their own dreams as well i think this yeah, is the this, answer. i mean and again to the audience the, the word delusional it has a very negative connotation attached to it but we're more speaking off what fabricio was saying and it's some people might think i'm delusional before this started i literally would have i had conversations with people saying yeah i'm gonna start a mushroom podcast and then i'm gonna sell a supplement company and it's delusional it's crazy like who in their right mind is selling mushroom supplements or the mushroom podcast on the beach in the island of Phuket? It's very out there. Now, on what we were talking about before, and one of your goals is you want to now start traveling around and doing vlogging and teaching Brazilians, hey, these are the places around Thailand. I'm going to go there. I'm going to show you. Obviously, the English vlogger, travel vlogger, it, it's just oversaturated. But there is a market for Brazilian travel vloggers. What's your plan for that? Yeah, look, I think that, um, unfortunately, we don't have much content like that in Portuguese. We have, but we also have, though, uh, which is valid as well. It's a tourist going around and showing what they, they've seen, yes? But... Living here for four years, man, I see that it's a little bit different. You know, I'm not here for two weeks or three. So, uh, and, and by having this experience with the students that I had here, I know more about the culture. So I can also share this with them. So my intention now is traveling around Thailand, podcasting with Brazilian people here. And as well, uh, also I will be doing the vlogging, showing the places, you know, here you can go to this place, this cost this much, uh, that is cheaper than here, but you can also have the more expensive one. Uh, this is the, maybe a nice trip to do to this island, to that island, because of course we lack in Brazil of this kind of information, you know, in Brazil, at least when I grew up, we had one big, big TV show that if you want to know some news about all the places, you need to wait every Friday night and to see where they, what, where they are. And then if they are in a place that you are interested in, in, you know, you have this. But now with YouTube and look what are you doing. From your house, you are streaming to the world, yes? So now we can do that. We can, we can share what we face every day to people from everywhere. So this is my goal, to be able to show Brazilian people, look, here is Thailand, this beautiful country. You can come here. Uh, you can spend this much money. If you have money, you go to this place. If you don't have money, you can also have this experience, but then you need to go to this other place. You know, give them information to come here feeling more comfortable to enjoy this place. You yeah, know? And I mean, most people, not just Brazilians, when they come to Thailand, it's Phuket, Samui, PP, Copenhagen, yeah. uh, maybe Bangkok, Chiang Mai. Yeah. You're going to be creating content that's going to have those hidden gems, those golden nuggets, that those spots only someone living here for such a long period of time has access to what do you think is the best destination or some spot in thailand you want to share with brazilians that they're probably not even aware of okay this is a nice question brenda because for me uh, i see the, uh, the the paradise the thailand paradise in another way for me this 
being able to to be here and see Thai people the way that they they live, the way that they smile to you, you know, at you, the way that uh, this for me is the real paradise, you know. To be honest with you, this is how I take my life. I love watching the tuk-tuk with three people there without helmet, sitting on the, you know, I don't know how to say in English, but on the base of the tuk-tuk, you know, uh, and they go around. And the way that if your motorbike breaks, they help you. This for me is the real paradise here, to be honest with you. So if you ask me about one spot, of course, then I will have to say these ones, the touristic ones, because this is what interests people the most there. But... Uh, what I really want is to be able to show them, guys, look, please, when you come to Thailand, don't be always looking only at the beaches, uh, the landscape. Try to interact with the Thai people, the culture. Uh, try to understand that they live in, in their way, like maybe in Brazil, we live like 30 years ago, 40 years ago, if you go to northeast of Brazil. It's a very simple way to live, but it's a very peaceful and, and you know, I don't know. I find something different on the way that I observe them living, you know. Uh, can I just go back a little bit in that delusional dream to say something that is very important, uh, Brandon? That is, uh, of course, our dreams, they are our dreams. So normally when you share them to people, they tend to get it. And even though they don't know properly about your dream, they, with their own background, they say, ah, no. This doesn't go that far. This doesn't, you know, this doesn't give you money, this and that. So they have their own way to look at your dream. So this is something very important that we need to learn how to separate. Look, man, this is my dream. This is how I see it. And I go for this. Uh, and I understand you don't see it like me because this is not part of your life or your knowledge about it. But I know what I'm looking for, you know. And that's why we are doing the podcast and other things, you know. We we need to have it clear. Like, nothing can, unless you give up of your dream, but nothing will stop you from that. Because you can get it. Whatever, if you work hard, you can go and make it happen, you know. This is something very important. Because most of people that I've shared my dreams, oh man, don't you think it's easier to dream of another thing? Maybe. Something simpler. and Maybe, but this is my dream. And I want to live this dream. I want to experience it. You know? Yeah, because, I mean, otherwise you're going to have to live with that regret. Yes. And not. only you will pay this price, yes. They, like, for example, <laughs> my mom, every day she tells me, God, you come here, come here, come here, come here. I say, man, look, I go. You change your life, nothing, but you change my life completely. Because my life is here. It's doing what I'm doing. So I, so I can stop everything here and go there. But look, I'm changing my life completely. So they are not paying the prices that I'm paying to change my dreams. Would you ever see yourself actually living in Brazil again for a long time? Or no. would there be another country or is Thailand home? Oh, look, I, since I came here, Thailand for me has been an amazing home, let's say. But I've always knew that, known that uh, this is not the place that I want to be forever, you know? I want to be around. I want to be around. I don't know why. But I also don't see Brazil as my place to live for a long run. I've been living abroad and coming back to Brazil for a few times. I think four times in England, Brazil again, Australia three times, Brazil and here. Uh, and I can guarantee to you that, no, I don't see myself living in Brazil for a long time. But I know that Brazil is that place that I can go. I always can go in there. It's my home too, you know, so. How much time do you think you will continue to live in Thailand for? Maybe eight months, one and year max. And then you're out? Yes. Where will, you, where will you go next? Oh, next step. I'm going to Brazil, I'm going to Brazil for a while uh, to see my family, spend there with them, and then uh, uh, Australia again. Yeah. Why, you know, why Australia? Australia now uh, has opened Australia is an amazing country. We've lived there as well. You know how how it is there. So there is there are a lot of Brazilians there as well. And as I lived in Australia, I know how it works. I know how um, there are a lot of Brazilian people doing great things there as well. And it's a beautiful country. Lots of information that we can deliver to Brazilian people, because many Brazilians they want to go to Australia to learn English, to work, and they know that there they can get maybe a better life than they have in Brazil as well. So after producing this content here in Thailand, talking to Brazilian people here, I think Australia, based on my own experience, is the best place for me to go to keep contributing to Brazilian people that are there in Brazil and they want to know more. Uh, 
you know, so Australia is, is my next goal. Yeah. yeah, many Brazilians, when you talk to them, similar now, they will lead into a country, and that's the what they always say. The first thing is, there's a lot of Brazilians there. <laughs> why not go somewhere where they're not? Well, why? Because most of, I think, huh? Of course, this is a very personal uh, experience. But, for example, when you think, uh, why, where, where would you like to go to live abroad? So you look at your own needs. Uh, maybe I want to speak another language. Which language? English. So where are the countries that, what are the countries that speak English? America, Ireland, uh, Scotland, England, Australia, Canada. So in Brazil, in Canada, I have many Brazilians there too, yeah? So Vancouver, you know. <laughs> so you go, okay, I want to learn English. Mm. So I have these options for me if I want to learn English. But I also want to work there and have a better life than I have in Brazil. Uh, so, where, okay, if you go to America, it doesn't matter. Whatever you do there, you get paid in dollar. Well, of course, you spend in dollars as well. But then you can have, you can pay your rent, you can pay your food, you can pay this and save money. Because dollar maybe now is about 5,000, 5,000. Real is one dollar, yeah? So five reales. So you get one dollar, you have already five reales. So you can save one thousand dollars, so you save one five thousand reales and then send to your family. Many people they go abroad, they work hard there and send their money to Brazil. And then they buy lands, they buy houses. It has changed. Many Brazilian people they look for new lifestyles well. So and I think sorry to take long to answer your question. But normally, oh, I want to go to America. Ah, I know someone who is there. So, ah, put me in contact. Okay, so then it's always easier. Yeah, and there's, what is the population? It's got a, a Brazil, 200 million? Uh, yes, 200 Yeah, so it's kind of like Russians and Americans and Brazilians, yeah. Indians and Chinese. There's so many that, of yeah. course, they're everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of Brazilians, they go to Dublin as well. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I never understood that. Why Dublin? Because and then you also face the problems about the visa. If you go, if you go abroad as, an, as a student, for example, which is the, the, the easiest way to be able to work, yes? So, for example, in America, you cannot go as a, as a tourist and work. In England as well, in, in, in Ireland as well. So when you go to, to Dublin, you, have, you are allowed to work 20 hours per week as, a student, as an English student, you know, like going there. In Australia as well. So then it's easier for you because you think, mm, I don't want to be uh, illegal, no? Mm. Or illegal, yes? Illegal, yeah. yeah illegal. You don't want to be illegal there. So I want to work. To work there, I need to have a student visa. So then Dublin... Nowadays, or Australia is the uh, easiest place where you can get this kind of visa to work. When I moved to London, for example, I could work 20 hours per week. Nowadays, you cannot as an English uh, student. student. Uh, now, are, if you're an English student getting the visa to go to Dublin to get your 20 hours to make the income, and I'm sure you can work more. I'm sure there's loopholes. You know? Are you actually going to the school or is it just the paper? Oh, at the beginning you go, you know, but then you start working and then, you know, you start, oh, I need money. I need money. I need to be here. So I, ah, they give you two more hours, three more hours. And then, okay, little by little, you start skipping the school, you know, and, and not going. You don't have to show up, sign papers, you have pro to. prove you're a student and have a passing grade? Yes, you have to, I think, 70% in most of the countries of, of attendance, yes. Is it a university giving that, that uh, paperwork or is it just an English school, vocab school? No, uh, some, uh, they have like the private English schools, you know, like uh, not attached to any university or something. I don't know, is, was this your question? No. Yeah. Sorry. So, yes, they have English schools, like language schools. So then you go through an agency uh, and then you buy the course. This is the thing what happened because it, it makes the process very expensive. Because, okay, to be in Australia as a student, I need to buy a course. And then my visa ends up costing a lot because it's one year, I want one year visa. So one year of English course. And then, but once you get there, you figure out that you can buy all the kind of courses that are cheaper than English. So, for example, in Australia, they have like the uh, management, uh, I forgot now. You have certificate one, two, three, four, and diploma. So, in this, you take almost two years and a half of visa. Uh, and this course is like the course, a VET course, I think they call their VET courses. They, 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 they cost less than English 
language, you know. But are you required to have assigned attendance or a passing yes, grade? Yes, yes. You skip, you skip, you skip, and one day they squeeze. You need to come and organize a situation. Yeah, but here. can't you just o transition to the next school? Not just like that. Okay. Because they, of course, as you are there like this, they need to report it to the immigration. Okay. So if you skip too much, get to the point that they, guys, look, I, I will report you to the immigration. Then it affects your, your new visa, you know. Well, here, here's a crazy idea. So if you had a Brazilian friend already living there, could you, and say you're making X amount of money at a job and now you can do 100 hours, could you not just pay someone to pretend to be you to go to the school to sign the document and take the tests so you can make more? <laughs> well, I, I guess in certain cases, yeah. I've seen people, man, paying for the, the, the how can I say, the assessments, you okay. know, like they do, oh, I can, I can do the assessment for you. How much? Uh, this, the, I've seen people doing that. But of course, it's not the, the best way, yes. Uh, we need, <laughs> we, uh, Brandon, you know, we do abroad and you do many things to make our life easier in terms of what you want. If you need money, oh, I can... I cannot work there today, so can you go there and work for me and I'm going to get something more and you get paid there and I go to another job. And I'm always thinking of loopholes. I'm always trying to scam the system. <laughs> Not of in a bad way, just, hey, how can I do this to make, you know, don't work hard, work smart. Yeah. Um, just before we wrap up the podcast, we're probably almost hitting an hour. You came to Thailand four years ago. You had your, your dreams and, you know, you're able to teach English. And now you have your dreams of your podcast and traveling the world and doing vlogging. If you could look back on it all when you first arrived in Thailand, what would you have done different? <sighs> mm, I don't know if I can say that I would have done something. I think I would enjoy more Thailand. You mean because I mean when I arrived here, Brendan, as I said, I was very much work, uh, worried about working on my English. So many times I saw them like going uh, to do some trip and this and that. I said, no, I, I cannot go because on Monday I have to teach them something that I, I'm, I'm not very comfortable to do. So I need to stay at home and, and study more to be able to deliver the best of myself to my students. Yes. So in this regard, I think I would, I would maybe enjoy more Thailand my first year or second year and try to learn Thai as, as like, because, for example, when I came here, I looked like, can I learn Thai? Uh, but then I said, no, but my, my profession is an English teacher. So I need to improve my English first instead of learning Thai. So I, then I focused again in, 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 in improving my English. Uh, so I think I would try to learn Thai and I would try to enjoy more Thai, to be out and about, you know, meeting people, meeting Thai people more. Uh, discovering more the local life. This is, I think, I, I would change, you know, if I could. As I cannot, I'm trying to do it now, you know, and taking the best as I can from now and as yeah, I've so been doing. Any Brazilians out there, if your English isn't that great, don't spend the weekends just going to the class, wing it, <laughs> just wing it, and then go and go enjoy Thailand. You're not so stressed out coming in and, and worrying if you can, you know, handle the lesson. Yes, because sometimes, you know, man, we put too much pressure on ourselves sometimes, you know, and you need to really, it, it sometimes even helps you to, 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 to perform better in your work, you know. So I think today, thinking about it as you asked me, I think I would, okay, I would enjoy more my time at school, preparing my lessons, learning more, and when I'm not there, I would try to, to be less worried and, and enjoy more because this also would, uh, would reflect on my teaching, you know, as well. But I think I did it well, man. I think I, I, I can tell you. Like yeah, I, don't, I think living in Thailand, especially the Thai mentality, is my Ben and I, don't overthink. If you, if you come to Thailand and you're an anxious person and you're an overthinker, you're going against the grain of the entire collective <laughs> consciousness of this country. Yes. And you won't have a good time. Yeah. You need to really just live in the moment here and just go with the flow. Do not overthink because they're not. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Right? It's true. But this is also, uh, this is the thing. For example, I'm very anxious. And <laughs> I'm a, a, an overthinker. I think as all the dreamers are, you know. So, it, yes, you, you, you. How can I say? You shock, yeah, like, you it, know, it, but it, then it. you learn a lot because you know that feeling. You are always in a, in a rush and then you come to the 7-Eleven and you see like five people on the queue and you want to go, but then they are there in their rhythm, you know, and then you learn, okay, this is good. Let me calm down a little bit and get it to, into myself as well in my life. And then, and then you learn a lot from this too. And it's amazing, man. Yeah, I think God, that, 
my Ben and I live in the moment in time. Yes, it, it makes things much easier for me. It's yeah. Sub by sub by. Yeah. Okay. Well, that ends another episode. But before we cut it out, I'm going to shoot it back over to Gaujo at this camera here. He's just going to let you know where you can find his podcast and obviously upcoming content and also his Instagram, all of his socials. So uh, this camera, you can stare right into it. Just let everyone know directly where they're able to find you. And we'll put all those links in the description. Nice. If you allow me to say something before you go, I'd like to say uh, to all people that are watching these, go to Brazil. Go to Brazil if you have the opportunity. We've talked a lot about uh, bad things that happened then. They happen too. But as I said, we also have many beautiful things then. You can go then, have an amazing experience that will change your life forever, you know. Because we are nice people, have great places, beautiful places to go. And if you want to know more about it, you can find me on Instagram, nomundão, N-O-M-U-N-D-A-O, nomundão. Uh, also on YouTube, nomundão podcast. Uh, just feel free to reach me out and talk to me, whatever I can. I'm there, you know, available to to help as I can. And Yeah, we'll interact. make clips and you know, always a Fruiting Body podcast on Instagram. We'll have some clips from this podcast that will um, connect to his Instagram as well. So go check those out. Give him a like, give a comment. Let Gaujo know how you, what you thought about this, this podcast. Yes, and I also want to thank you again. Uh, thank you very much for having me here again, as I said. And uh, for Brendan... I will be always grateful f uh, for the doors that you opened to me. For you, you, you opened your house to get me here, my guest, to do my first episode. Because by then I had my equipment, but I didn't have my studio. So I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And thank you. I will never be tired of telling you that I'm so uh, grateful that I'm. Thank you, man. I've, thank you. We have all are starting things with no experience and when you have someone that can give you that push it really helps to get things going and i've been there we've all been there on something so i'm glad to help thank you awesome okay that ends another episode hope you enjoyed it we're out